The NFL Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, and get a $100 free bet at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T. We're also brought to you by the SGPN Bowl Challenge. $250 cash and a $250 gift card is up for grabs exclusively on the SGPN app. I'm just about that action, boss. You have to be kidding me. That is impossible. I'm raising the ante. Anybody wants it? to the NFL Gambling Podcast. It is a Monday, which means he's Ryan McIntyre. I am Rod Gomez, and we will take a look back at the week 14 in the NFL. Ryan, I think we need to get uh, some video folks on an intro. So if you out there are watching and you have any sort of video uh, knowledge whatsoever, come think of a, a good video intro for us on the Monday show. That way we can roll it. They're not staring at my ugly face. Yours, Ryan. Fine. Mine, not so much. Uh, no, you're too kind. I'm ugly, too. Uh, yeah, no, uh, <laughs> we definitely would like some uh, intro video. I think that'd be better than looking at us. Just wait for the intro music to end. Although I do I do like listening to that intro song. Shout out to the guys that put that together. Uh, week 14 in the books. It's it's crazy. We are on to week 15. We Everybody in the NFL has four games left, so that means, what, we got 64 remaining NFL regular season games before we start the playoffs. Here's what's nutty. We started out the season thinking one thing. Things mm-hmm. panned out a different way and in a couple of ways, and now we're back to thinking another way. Uh, teams that were hot that we thought were going to be great fizzled out. Now, all of a sudden, they're hot again. This was about as wacky a week as I can remember in so many different ways because of, of just the way that games shook out that I didn't think were going to shake out that way. And if you'd have told me in week three that we'd be talking about certain teams now in playoff hunts, I, I thought you'd be crazy. So, I mean, look, man, this just goes to show that there is probably no lack of entertainment ever in the NFL. <laughs> no doubt. I mean... Who would have thought, like, just for example, right off the top of my head, the Carolina Panthers, with four weeks remaining, control their destiny in the a- NFC South. They just cut Baker last week. They fired Matt Rule earlier in the year. P.J. Walker got hurt. Sam Darnold's been hurt. Now he's back. They traded Christian McCaffrey. I mean, it, it, the NFL, it's a, it's a marathon. It really is, and it, each week is its own week. And it, it's like... What happened the previous week does not carry over into the new week. So it's it's crazy. The Lions, Panthers, Jaguars all peaking at the right time coming down the coming down the stretch. It's it's crazy. And I'm so I've started listening to that American football podcast that is is one of our competitors, I'm sure, for the sports world. But uh, I you know, I, I love sports history. That podcast came out. Just listening to the roots of the sport itself and then thinking about where we're at now. 
as far as what we start talking about. It's just this weird, like, I don't know, we're talking about lions and panthers and bears and, all, you know, it's just... Oh, my. Oh, my. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love it. So, yeah, I mean, look, week 14 was was nuts. Again, we're here to break it down from a betting aspect. Uh, so, I guess we should probably just dive in because we're going to hit all these storylines as we start scooping down the games, right? So, uh, let's no just dig right in with Thursday night. The craziness began because it was the Las Vegas Raiders taking on the L.A. Rams in L.A., which Las Vegas once roamed as home a couple of times. Uh, and and Vegas came in as six-point favorites, six-and-a-half-point favorites, depending on uh, where you got your line. And, in fact, if you want to know where I'm getting all of my lines from, our friends at Odds Shader has it for you, all lined up in a pretty little row. But it was Las Vegas coming in to SoFi Stadium and lo- and just walking away with a loss, uh, a one-point loss, 17-16. to 16, Could not put the L.A. Rams away, even though the Rams tried very, very much to give that game to the Raiders. Uh, yeah, I mean, L.A. came back with 14 fourth-quarter points to walk away with a one-point win, thereby covering their six-point spread. I thought this was a dream crusher game for the Raiders. Uh, they win this one. They would have won, what, now four in a row, and they would have got to six and seven overall, one back of the last seed in the AFC coming down the stretch. They got New England on deck as well. The, this was an unacceptable loss. I mean, Baker Mayfield was, what, there uh, 10 minutes, and they gave him the playbook, and he, he found a way to manufacture two touchdowns in the last, what, four minutes. Uh, not, not much to say other than inexcusable if you're a Vegas Raider fan. So what, what cracks me up about this, right, is that Baker Mayfield is just a cast off almost wherever he goes, right? The Browns were like, yeah, we're done. And then he goes to Carolina and they're like, you know what? We've got, we got Baker Mayfield now. We got our guy. Uh, okay. PJ Walker, your turn. So like now all of a sudden he shows up in LA and no Cooper cup. Right, none, none of this like sp- explosive weapons that that all of the LA quarterbacks have been used to having Stafford and and Goff and all that. Right, he's got to make do with the shell of a Rams team. Comes in and he wins. I, I, I mean, the the script writers in there in LA, they need a they need a raise after what they gave us on Thursday night. Yeah, no, I thought Baker was really good in this game. I And he had everything going against him. Like you said, he was there. Uh, Sean McVay, when he gave him the game ball, he was uh, all there for, what, a cup of coffee. That's how long he had been there. And uh, I, like you said, they're depleted injury-wise at the receiver position, the O-line. And for him to manufacture a 98-yard touchdown drive to win it, he, I mean, shout-out to Baker. 98 yards, Ryan. I mean, yeah. when that punt nestled at the two, I, I legit thought the game was over. I thought it was done. I thought there was no way Baker could could well, a couple of timely penalties as well helped that cause too. Mm-hmm. So let's not give it all to Baker. Uh the the Raiders did find a way to Raider. But yeah, I mean, that drive was pretty impressive. Yeah, and I think uh Josh McDaniels didn't think that they could lose a game. He kind of coached like, hey, they're not going to score 17 points. Uh, Derek Carr only throws 20 passes on the night, and two of them were interceptions, too. So not, just not a good night for Derek Carr as well, or Josh McDaniels. Uh, Josh Jacobs, one yard short of 100 yards for those betters who uh, had him at 100 yards. Uh, like me, <laughs> I had him I had him going over 100, uh, and, and that didn't happen, so I was a little frustrated on that. But, yeah, I mean, look, uh, the Raiders now – they are five and eight. Rams are four and nine. I don't think the Rams have a shot 
at the postseason. They've got a, they would have to win out and have everybody else lose for the most part. Uh, Vegas, I think their chances have slipped away. They're, neither one of these teams are mathematically eliminated, but mm-hmm. by all rights and accounts, their, their path is very difficult. So, um, yeah, it's just going to be tough for them. Yeah, to uh, update people, there's only three teams that have been officially eliminated so far from the NFL playoffs. Uh, in the NFC, J. Mark Chicago Bears are the first one and only one in the NFC. And then the AFC, you got Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos, and then you got the Houston Texans, who almost pulled off the upset of the year yesterday. Oh, my God. We'll talk about that in Crazy. a second. Yeah, over-under on this one was set about 41 and a half. Obviously, it's a Thursday night special, so it only reached 33 and did not get you that over uh, I don't know that you're betting overs on any Thursday night game anymore I'd rather lose to the over than you know lose not betting the under yeah no I, I feel like every Thursday night game goes under this year yep I mean I'm pretty sure it has with a couple of exceptions so um, all right let's talk about a game that certainly did not <laughs> was not in danger of the under at all and that was the Minnesota Vikings taking on the dare I say resurgent Detroit Lions, Minnesota going to Detroit and losing 34 to 23. They fall to 10 and 3. Ryan, you've been saying it all season long. Minnesota is probably the most uh fake uh team with a winning record that's that's you know now yeah. in double digits. So I mean they continue to they they actually proved it this time around. Yeah, no, I locked up uh the Lions minus two and a half. It's crazy. I mean, you got a losing record team that Vegas had as a favorite going against a team that's 10 and two. Let's tell you all you need to know about the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, now on the year, pulling up the Vikings, they have a point differential of minus one, despite being 10 and three. Seems like they get out game by 200 yards a game. Every time they play now, they're, they're kind of a fraudulent team. I'm, I'm not kind of, they are a fraudulent team. I think everybody is licking their chops as a wild card team. Like I want to play the Vikings in the first round. And Kirk Cousins had a good day, too. But the problem with the Vikings right now, they can't stop anybody defensively. Well, the problem is this, and that's Kirk Cousins throwing for 425 yards but only two touchdowns. With a yardage total like 425, you figure that a couple more of those should have gone in to the end zone. Dalvin Cook rushing for just 23 yards, Ryan. 23 yards for a guy like Dalvin Cook. I mean, granted, it's hard to gain yards when Justin Jefferson has got 223 of them, but by the same token, it's Dalvin Cook. He should have more than 23 yards. Uh, To be honest, Rod, I think the Lions are a better football team than the Vikings right now. I, I know I know one team has the 10 and 3 record, but if they play again tomorrow, I'm siding with the Lions again. They were better in the trenches as well. I mean, the only reason the Vikings didn't get blown out was because of Justin Jefferson. Oh, absolutely. I mean, again, yeah. that guy's just fantasy gold. He's he's real-life NFL yeah. gold. Like, he's Justin Jefferson. There's nothing more you can say about him. But on the other side of the ball, you're right. I mean, Detroit really has started to show that they're scrappy. But we said this earlier in the season, too. There was like a few weeks in there where Detroit was putting together uh, good games, and we were like, oh, they're scrappy. But then they went back to being the Lions. But now they're scrappy again, and that's Jared Goff. He's had a good last three weeks. I mean, a nice, yeah. solid last last three weeks. This week included 27 to 39, 330 yards, three touchdowns. Um, I mean, C.J. Moore was their leading carrier, which should tell you something. He had a carry for 42 yards. Uh, but D.J. Chark is back. Da, 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 da. Uh, six catches, 94 yards, and a touchdown. Um, you know, this is two weeks in a row now for Shark. 
so it, it's not a bad uh, shark, shark, whatever, same thing. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I knew what you mean. Yeah, right? So it, it's two weeks in yeah. a row now. You're hopeful if you're a Lions fan. Yeah, I think there's much hope if you're a Lions fan right now. You look at what they've done since the calendar turned to November. They've won five out of six. They've covered six straight. Their only loss straight up was to the Bills on Thanksgiving in a game that they were right there to win as well. Currently, they're sitting, what, a game and a half out of the playoffs, so they need a little bit of help. But, I mean, they got the Jets, Panthers, Bears, and Packers coming down the stretch in these last four games. It's a favorable schedule. The Lions, I, I think if they get to nine and eight, they, they got a shot to get that seventh seed. Ah, wow. it, it's crazy. <laughs> wow. I mean, yeah. if you're watching the video, you just saw the moment of, of, of processing that went on in my brain as I took that in. But yeah, yeah. I mean, they started one and six and now they're six and seven. I mean, they're, they're rolling. Yeah, they are. And just like you said, they're, they're ripped off five straight against the spread I don't know that I'd be afraid to to bet them against the spread again next week as well. It's just a, yeah. I mean, what a world, what a world we live in. That now we're talking about the Detroit Lions possibly making the playoffs after what oh, they're we saw. biting the kneecaps. They really are. <laughs> uh, all right. So again, just like you said, it was about two and a half points that Minnesota was an underdog in this one, uh, obviously, and they were my dog in the um, in the uh, the lock dog and tease portion of it, which I didn't do well. Got my lock, got all three of my teases, but that I I just whiffed on Minnesota. My bad. Uh, over under on this one was fifty one. Got it at fifty seven. So obviously the over hits there. Um, yeah, I mean, look, do what you will with Minnesota over the next four games because yeah, yeah, we're gonna either see them charge ahead and 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 avenge this loss, or they're gonna fold. Yeah, no, I agree. It seems like two teams headed in the opposite directions. Indeed. Uh, all right, let's move on to the next game, which is the New York Football Jets taking on the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo now ten and three. The New York Jets fall to seven and six as they uh, lose to the Bills twenty to twelve. The Jets were well ten point underdogs in this one nine and a half point underdogs so um obviously if you took the jets and the points if you got them at 10 you're pretty happy even if you got them at nine and a half you're pretty happy i don't know too many people taking the bills minus 10 with the way we've seen the bills kind of implode uh every once in a while i know they're 10 and three but against the spread you know they're they're not necessarily uh performing all that well so again this is the buffalo bills who we expected to blow out the new york jets they didn't, right? Yeah. So are we concerned? No. I, I don't know if I'm concerned because the weather was bad, but maybe a little concerned, I think. Uh, I They kind of just seem like they're going through the motions right now, and, and they're going to turn it back on when we get to the playoffs. But we've seen this too. Like, Not every team can turn it on. Uh, the Bills were able to do it last year and get as hot as anybody going into the playoffs. So uh, they got a big one Saturday night where they could basically put away the AFC East with the win over the Miami Dolphins. Uh, I think they actually can clinch the AFC East with the win because that would put them up three with three to go. Um, as for the uh, Jets, I mean, they've kind of a little bit of a skid as of late. Mike White was hammered throughout the day. Uh, I think he was he was sacked at least three, four times. And when he got sacked, I mean, he got he got his ass hit hard. I mean, it was he, he had to be helped up multiple times by his offensive lineman, got knocked out for a couple plays as well. Jets Jets are not a good offensive team. Great defensively, but not good offensively. 
No, and really, again, for Mike White, 27 of 44, 268, but no touchdowns. I mean, he didn't throw an interception, which is fine, but he's not putting any, any in the end zone, which obviously you want. Garrett Wilson, leading receiver for them, six catches, 78 yards. Uh, but Zonovan Knight, once again, as the running back that you probably should have picked up off of waivers if you're a fantasy player, uh, definitely some, a bright light, I guess, in that New York Jets team. Uh, 17 carries, 71 yards, and a touchdown again. Just uh, looking very solid for this team. I don't know what's going to happen uh, in yeah. this backfield, but he should be a part of it, I think. Yeah, and then uh, talking about the Jets, like playoff-wise, uh, I mean, they're, they're right there, but they they don't win the tiebreaker with New England because they got swept by New England. And they, I, they've, they've struggled on the road in, in the month of November, and... They they, they they need to go two and home on this homestand coming up with Detroit and Jacksonville to have a shot to get into the postseason. Yeah, and the Chargers really just put themselves right in that conversation yep. now after last night because they, you know, it was it was them in New England sort of, I guess, battling it out for that last spot. And the Chargers have put themselves in that conversation. So it's uh it's gonna be interesting with these next four games as far as which which side of the, the world it swings on, yeah. Oh yeah, no, it's gonna be fun. A lot of uh, playoff scenarios that will be thrown out here on the NFL Gambling Podcast. Indeed, indeed. Uh, all right, we talked about disappointing game for the Bills, even though they won. Josh Allen, 16 of 27, 147 yards and a touchdown. Was the leading rusher once more for this team. 10 carries, 47 yards and a touchdown. But I think the big surprise comes in the fact that it was Dawson Knox that led the team in receiving four catches, 41 yards, and a touchdown. Ryan, where was Stephon Diggs? Uh, you know, every time the Jets play Stephon Diggs, he he uh they give him fits with uh Sauce matching up with him. So seems to have his number so far this year in his rookie year. So yeah, no, I, I the Bills, man, I I'm trying to figure them out. Like they're so inconsistent so far this year. I know that they've won four in a row all of a sudden, and I I mean you can't complain. You're finding ways to win games at the NFL. But I mean, they failed to cover in three out of four, so it's a, it's an interesting team going forward because they still have the number one seed in their own destiny as well. So I mean, I think they're going to take care of business. But it would be nice if I'm a Buffalo Bills fan like Adam Peltier to see them stack some impressive wins together going into the playoffs to put uh, Bills Mafia more at ease. Look, I know they don't ask how many they or how they ask how many, but I mean, at this point. You're going to have to put together some pretty impressive resume tape if you want to beat some of the better teams that are in that division because uh, there's some really yeah. good ones out there to yeah. have to beat. Um, Over-under on this one, 44. Did not come anywhere near. It was 32. So, um, you know, whatever. It's Buffalo. They'll probably come out and stomp next week and just put out a ton of points because that's what they do. They're wildly inconsistent. Yeah. Yeah, they got the uh, Dolphins, so Saturday night game. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so uh, yeah. I mean, we're in for. I think we're in for a treat on Saturday night. Miami's going to want to avenge the the game we just watched them play last night, uh, which we'll yeah. get to obviously in a second. Uh, but let's talk first about our sponsors. As I queue up the correct bed, we'll stay uh, take a quick break and come back and talk about more of Week 15. But before we do. You ready to win money and booster odds? 
WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. You get exclusive rewards right at your fingertips with Win Rewards on WinBet. You're looking to get involved in the same game parlay? WinBet's your home with their WinBet. Build your own bet, letting you customize the bet you want to make. Great promos, odds, payouts, they're all happening right now at WinBet. WinBet has what you need to win. You ready to play? Sign up today. Get a special offer. Bet $100, win $100. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet so they know that we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-I-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offer subject to change terms and conditions of winbet.com. Must be 21 or older or present in the state of playthrough. Winbet is available. If you or somebody you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. We're back with Underdog Fantasy. And if you haven't signed up already, you can still get a one 100% deposit match up to $100 when you use the promo code SGPN. Just go to underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN, for a 100% deposit match. Underdog is great for their weekly battle royale format as well as getting an early start with their playoff best ball. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. We'll continue on the Week 15 slate as we move to the Baltimore Ravens taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers in Pittsburgh. Baltimore stealing away with a win. I did have this as my tease. I even teased them up to eight. They they didn't need it. They won it outright. 16-14 to 14 against the Steelers. Came in as about one and a half point favorites, one point favorite, depending on where you are. I mean, I'm sorry, the Pittsburgh Steelers did. Came in as one point favorites, one and a half point favorites. Obviously did not cover as they were the losers in this game. But I think the biggest loser is Mr. Pickett. Unfortunately, out now, uh, had an injury. In In walks, Mitch Trubisky throws three interceptions and still almost wins the game. Ryan, what the hell, bud? Rod, is it not the same game every single time these two teams play? 16 to 14, 17 to 14, or 16, 13, 13 to 10, maybe 20 to 17 if we really get points. It's the same game every time. I'm with you. I, I teased uh, Baltimore as well. I thought that was the easiest tease option of the day because you know when these two teams play, it's going to come down to the wire every single time, especially over the last, what, uh, 15 years that we've had hardball and Tomlin, both in the, their respective organizations. Fantastic game. Uh, big win for the Ravens. They needed it bad uh, to, to stay in first in the AFC North. They're 9-4 and four with four to go. Um, injuries at the quarterback, though. I mean, both teams injured at the quarterback in this game. So they got to get Lamar back. Uh, I'm sh- uh, sounds like we'll hear a little bit more this week. They got a big one Saturday in Cleveland. Yeah, I'm, I'm, what I'm seeing now is that he's probably going to be out again this week. He probably won't be back until, I think they said New Year's, or not New Year's, but uh, Christmas Eve or something like that. I know he's got yeah. at least one more week that I think that he's out, uh, unfortunately, for, for Lamar Jackson. But that means Tyler Huntley's going to have to do it again. But I think what I'm more excited about is the guy that I was hyping all preseason long, and that's J.K. Dobbins. Making his return, 15 carries, 120 yards, and a touchdown. Ripped off a beautiful 44-yarder. I mean, I read somewhere somebody said he didn't look the same on that 44-yarder as he would have before the injury, but 
damn, he got a 44-yarder. Like, he got 120 yards total. Like, it was a great day for J.K. Dobbins to come back. Yeah, no, it's uh, he. I I know he's not as explosive as he was, but still, I mean, just to see him rip off a forty-four yard run, that's the Ravens need that. Lamar can't run every single time we see it. He wears down back-to-back years throughout the regular season. It's crazy with the Ravens. Um, I got their schedule pulled up in front of me. They've won six out of seven, but they're not playing good football. They in in their six wins, they have a three-point win, a five-point win, uh, a one-point win, a two-point win. And then their one loss was a uh, Jaguars loss. So it's a uh, it's an interesting team. Uh, it feels like every game they play comes right down to the wire. Well, because they the way they play the game. I mean, they they play yeah. a really run heavy game. Obviously, even if it's Lamar running it, if it's J.K., if it's Gus, if it's the the chain marker guys that they hand off to because they just feel like it. I it's it, whoever's running that ball, they they love to run the ball. So obviously, if they're not putting it up through the air a lot. That means more plays. That means closer games. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I get it. But at the same time, they've got to be able to win them. And thankfully, they did uh, against Pittsburgh. Given the fact that Trubisky was trying to literally throw the ball to them every single down or every single play, they still managed to to uh, yeah. to win. It just, yeah, or almost lose for that matter. Um, yeah, yeah. No, this kind of was a dream crusher game for the Steelers too. I mean, go to five and eight, and now. It looks like Tomlin might finally have his first losing season in Pittsburgh. They have uh, maximized as many losses as you can have before the ninth loss that would give him his first losing season ever in Pittsburgh. So for the Steelers, you got to run the table. Uh, Start Sunday at Carolina, Vegas, and then back rematch with the Ravens and then the Browns again. So they can do it. It's Tomlin, but... uh, they got to get Pickett back. Trubisky was awful yesterday, like you said. Well, I was actually going to say, with that schedule, that doesn't sound like it's entirely impossible that they can actually. It might be possible for them to not necessarily uh, uh, lose another game for the rest of the season. Yeah, no, I think I think they're going to be right there. Uh, t- to be uh, at the Ravens will be the toughest test, but I think this week at Carolina, uh, they're a dog at Carolina coming up. So I I didn't think anybody had that a couple weeks ago. Uh, a couple. Yeah, no, I definitely don't think so either. Um, all right, let's let's uh, let's put a bow in this one. There wasn't much to talk about other than J.K. Dobbins and the fact that Mitch Trubisky is as advertised. Uh, 36 points was the over-under on this one. They got to 30. <laughs> I don't know too many people betting on the over on this game. Hopefully they, they didn't. The, under, the over hadn't hit in like four meetings. So, yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's a ninety percent under game like over the last decade. That's yeah. an easy under to take. Absolutely easy under to take. Um, all right. Well, let's move from a game that barely scored any points to a game that scored all the points, and that is the Philadelphia Eagles taking on the New York Giants. Philadelphia really wanting to hammer home that they are and deserve to be the top team in the power rankings. Uh, they just stomp. The Giants, forty-eight to twenty-two, they came in as only a touchdog favorite, but walked away with many touchdowns uh, over the Giants in New York or you know East Rutherford, whatever in New Jersey. But look, man, Philly stepped on the gas, scoring what twenty-four points in the first half. Just did not look back. Scored another twenty-four in the second half. Ryan, there's not much you can analyze about the Eagles. They're they're good. Jalen Hurts is good. Miles Sanders is fantastic. Like, yep. What else more? What more is there to say about them? 
No, I mean, they're rolling right now. Uh, they kind of had the hiccup a couple weeks ago against Washington and then got out of Indy alive. But ever since then, they offensively are rolling. Scored 40 against Green Bay, 35 against Tennessee, and now 48 against uh, the Giants. Two teams definitely headed in uh, different directions. The Giants kind of I, – I feel like we were hitting at it, that they were a little overrated. Their 7-1 or 7-2 record was fraudulent. And since then, they have lost, what, four in a row and then uh or sorry three out of four and the one being a tie granted that stance may lose us a job but i mean we have to report <laughs> the facts right i mean it is yeah. it is the fact that now the giants are in trouble they really don't have much to go by where daniel jones only had 169 yards on 18 completions and a touchdown tells you something when they're leading rusher right they've got saquon barkley but they're leading rusher was Tyrod Taylor who had two carries for 40 yards and that 32-yarder. That Saquon should have been well in there, right? Yeah, definitely a day uh, for the Giants to forget about. Uh, they, the, the most important game of the season Sunday night in D.C. Both teams are 7-5-1. and one. Uh, They just played a couple weeks ago. Everybody remembers a 20-20 tie. Uh, it's the kiss-your-sister game that, that they say in uh, soccer, uh, the tie. Um but the, I mean, the Giants. After that, they they got to go to Minnesota and Philly still as well. So the schedule is definitely not on the Giants' side coming down the stretch. Not on the Giants' side, but it doesn't matter who Philly plays; they win. I mean, they didn't once, and that was it. <laughs> One time this season, they failed to 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 get in the win column. But yeah, that was a good night. Yeah, that was a great night for you. <laughs> Absolutely fantastic night. In fact, you you yeah. take another one like that. You take another three oh, or four yeah. like that. No doubt. Um. All right. So. I, I mean, again, that just didn't even matter anything. The over-under on this one was 44-and-a-half. Uh, they scored 70, which just safely did it. So, obviously, if you were taking Philly minus 7, you were good. And if you took the over, you were good on that as well. Let's talk about Cleveland and Cincinnati, the battle for Ohio. This one a little closer, but still in favor of the Bengals, who now improved to 9-4 and four as they knock off the Browns 23 to 10 uh you know look when i when i think about this as far as what to break down this is a Bengals team that needed to get back onto the good graces because even at nine and four it just felt like they struggled more than they needed to even though they've they've won four in a row going into into this week or, or yeah they had one four in a row going into this week it just felt mm-hmm. like they were struggling so for them to come and beat cleveland as they did uh, they were four-point favorites in this, by the way, or three-and-a-half, depending on where you found it. Obviously, they covered. But uh, they needed this win just to prove that they're still good and they could beat bad teams. Yeah, no, uh, tough tough loss for the Browns. I actually thought that they were going to be in this game, and a couple turnovers that killed them, backbreakers, and then they give up the flea flicker late to Cincinnati. Deshaun Watson has not played well in two games. That's, I think, a fact, and everybody can agree on that. And... He's going to have to play better. I mean, there's no other way to put it. I mean, they're five and eight overall. Playoffs seem to be out of the question now after that loss today. So uh, they had one, two in a row going into this game. So had a little bit of momentum. But uh, I, I guess if they get a win over the Ravens and Saints at home, it gets back in it coming down the stretch. But I'm thinking uh, no playoffs for Cleveland this year, Rod. No, not even close. And again, it just comes down to the fact that people are like, well, Deshaun hasn't played a meaningful game in a very long time. Let him get back into it. Well, now it's been yeah. a couple of games, right? Yeah. But you cannot make that argument to me anymore after you see Baker Mayfield. You can't. Yeah, and also, 
I, nobody really feels sorry for him either. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I don't feel sorry for the guy. And um, he, they gave up a lot of assets to get him and he's not, he's not living up to it. He's not even close right now. Yeah. That's, and, but I, to, that's really what I'm going to probably base every argument that I ever make from now until the end of time. You cannot make an argument to me that quarterback's not getting settled in because Baker Mayfield or because yeah. Brock Purdy. Like, if you're bringing in a guy of Taylor Deshaun... Heineke. Taylor Heineke. I, the, the list yeah. goes on and on. If you're bringing in a, a guy of the caliber of Deshaun Watson, he should have stayed completely game ready. He doesn't... It's not as if he forgot where the gym was. It's not he forgot where he forgot how to study the playbook. I mean, Baker Mayfield read the damn playbook on the way to L.A. on an eight-hour yeah. plane ride. And he came in and won a National League football game. This guy's had a couple of weeks now on the field, live game action, 276 and a touchdown on 26 completions, but 42 attempts. Yeah, it you wasn't know? efficient at all. He yeah. was awful. As for the Bengals, uh, F's, uh, a, that's a positive team to talk about because – uh, they're ten and three ATS so far this year, and they lost the first two games of the year. So since then, they have covered in what now? Uh, ten out of the last eleven. They are going in the right direction. They've won five in a row, including the win over Kansas City last week, and they got a couple big road games coming up at Tampa and at New England before the showdown with Buffalo and the Ravens uh, come down the stretch at home. Two big home games end the year. They're going to need every bit of Joe Burrow going into this 18 of 33, 239, two touchdowns, did throw that interception. Uh, but Joe Mixon, almost 100 yards again, 14 carries, 96 yards, looked good, broke off a 40-yarder. Uh, but Jamar Chase continues to be Jamar Chase, right? 15 targets, 10 catches, 119 yards, and a touchdown. So they're going to need to lean on all those guys to, to get them through the rest of the season. And you're right, they are a team that is heading in a positive direction after Somewhat shaky start. Yeah, they're playing good football. Nobody wants to see them in the playoffs. Well, unless you're a Bengals fan. Then you really want to see them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, All right, over-under on this one was 47. 33 was the total, so did not get there. Let's move on to the Jacksonville Jaguars, who we were talking a little bit about this offline. All of a sudden, one of the hotter teams in all of football. They do not want the first pick in the draft. Uh, in the 2024 draft, so, or 2023 draft. They may get it in the 2024 draft, who knows. Uh, but they are still holding it off for next year's draft as they beat the Tennessee Titans. Woo, and now how the Titans have fallen. 36-22, uh, to 22, Jacksonville came in as three-and-a-half-point underdogs in some spots, obviously covering that with their, uh, what, 14-point win, two-touchdown win. So, I mean, Trevor Lawrence, 368. Three touchdowns on 30 completions. I mean, dare I say he's looking like a first overall pick in in the NFL draft. Yeah, no, he played well yesterday, and he talked a little shit too, so I like seeing that. Uh, This reminds me of, or kind of reminds me of the Vikings and Lions right now. Two teams headed in different directions. I think the Jaguars are better than the Titans right now. Uh, The Titans happen to have the two-game lead coming down the stretch, but if the Titans aren't careful... They have they still got to play at the Chargers and and uh, Cowboys in week what number seventeen, then they got to go to Jacksonville the last game of the year. Now Jacksonville already won in Tennessee, so if Jacksonville can beat Tennessee in week eighteen and just be within one game heading into that last game, they would win the division. 
over Tennessee, which seemed improbable five weeks ago. Well, you're Tennessee. This is a three-game yeah. skid that you're on after, you know, pretty much doing fine. Now now you've lost three in a row. Now you're in trouble. But the, the biggest problem for, for Tennessee, I think, is just the fact that they've got nothing past Derrick Henry. Like, it just yeah. doesn't feel like they've got anything else. Austin Hooper was the leading receiver for Tennessee. Five catches, 68 yards, you know, and Tannehill... Normal Tannehill numbers, right? 25, 38, 254, two touchdowns. But, you know, it's past Derrick Henry. They don't really have much. Yeah, no, I, I it's watching that game yesterday. I, I said to myself, I'm like, the Jaguars have a better roster than the Titans do. The Titans just have Mike Vrabel and King Henry that just always seem to overachieve. Like you said, the Titans can't win unless they play a certain brand of football and go according to their script. They got to run the ball, stay on schedule, play action. If they get off that and they turn the ball over, they, they can be beat by anybody. And uh, Trevor Lawrence, like you said, was awesome. Going for three touchdowns and almost 400 yards, looking all of uh, that first round pick from a couple years ago. It looked good for them right off the jump, yeah. right? Two touchdowns to start in the first quarter. Jacksonville got one of their own, but then it was Jacksonville ripping off 26 unanswered, and, you know, that, that basically was it for Tennessee. They can't can't come back from anything like that, just like you said, because then they got to take the ball out of Henry's hands. But Henry still had 17 carries for 121 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, no doubt. And now for the Jaguars, okay, you got a big win again. Can they put two in a row together? They they have shown flashes where they went to L.A. and beat the Chargers by like 30, it felt like. Uh, they've beaten the Ravens now. They've beaten Tennessee and Tennessee. They've beaten Vegas. But they seem to never be able to win two in a row. They've done it once this year, so we'll see if they could do it again. If they can beat Dallas this weekend, then I think they're definitely a uh, live dog in that uh, AFC South race. I that's basically where we're at at this point. I mean, it, yep. it's funny, as crazy as it, as it is to say that Jacksonville's in the conversation. Jacksonville's in the conversation. And props to, it was a tale of two tight ends in this game as well, where I talked about Austin Hooper being the leading receiver for the Titans. Well, it was the uh, tight end that was the leading receiver for the Jaguars, but that was Evan Ingram, and Evan Ingram had himself a day. 15 targets, 11 catches, 162 yards, where was this guy several several seasons ago when you needed him? Two touchdowns also on the day. Fantastic performance by a resurgent Monster. Evan Ingram, right? Yeah. No, it's it's crazy. Like it, Right now we're talking playoff scenarios for the Lions and Jaguars and the team we're about to get into as well. Crazy stuff right now. Can't make this stuff up. Uh, Over-under on this one, 41.5. Got to 58. Obviously hit the over all right, let's talk about another team that scared an NFC uh, in-state rival, and that was the Houston Texans taking on the Dallas Cowboys. Houston came into this game as 17-point underdogs in some spots. I mean, it was mainly it was mainly 17 across the board. If, if you could find it fluctuating a little bit here and there, but it was mainly 17 across the board. They come in and only lose by four and almost... Ryan took the damn game all together. They should have. They gave the game away. Dallas got lucky as shit. <laughs> There's no other way to put it. They, uh, Houston, man, all they had to do was score a touchdown. They got an interception of Prescott on the four-yard line with five minutes to go, first and goal, and they can't punch it in to go up 10. It would have put the game away. 
Then Dak leads him down. Zeke scores. So uh, I'll, I'll give the Cowboys credit in terms of that, in terms of they did. They found a way to win a game ugly. Uh, ugly W's over pretty L's every day. But uh, the Cowboys were not good yesterday. This was kind of their – they do this every now and then where they'll just lay a complete egg against a team that you're like, how are the Cowboys losing to this team? Um, I, I think the Cowboys are due for a uh, loss here soon. They've won four in a row, but – they, they do this all the time where they, they, they get all this hype and then all of a sudden they slowly start coming back to the pack. Then they get picked off and then they'll pick somebody else off and they'll get the hype again. So that's how I mean, I've been watching this with the Cowboys for years and years. Yeah, it is kind of a, a cyclical thing or a, a, a slinky type of a thing. Like expand and contract, expand and contract. So yeah. um, this is this was part of the uh, the co- expansion or I don't know what part it would be. But yeah, this is the part where they start to give it away a little bit. Uh, That's Jerry. <laughs> but they are 10 and three. So, I mean, when we talk about them in the same breath as the Bills, as the Vikings, um, you know, we'll, we'll see what the power rankings say as far as how we feel this 10 and three record really is. Houston, mm-hmm. unfortunately, won 11 and one. Uh, certainly not anything that they want to be proud of. They do have uh, a young receiver. Well, not say young receiver. The dude's been around since 2016. But Chris Moore uh, stepped in nicely for an injured Nico Collins and Brandon Cooks catching 10 of his 11 targets for 124 yards on the day. Damian Pierce, I mean, got 78 yards, but couldn't get a couple more to get in the end zone when, when you really needed it. He did get in the end zone once, but Davis Mills... Uh, 16 of 21 for 175 yards. And then we also saw um, his backup pop in for a second too, right? Yeah, no, uh, in and out there. Pierce, uh, I was hoping that he would knock that in at the last uh, last five minutes there to put the game away. But he, he was solid. He's been solid all year for the Houston Texans. Yep. No, I, I love him, especially as a fantasy manager. I went out of my way to get him. So I, I'm very happy that I can. He's not on the taxi squad. He's actually in the starting lineup. Um, Dak, 24 of 39, uh, 284, a touchdown, two interceptions. Not really a fantastic day for him. Zeke carrying the ball, uh, 16 for, or 15 for 62 and a touchdown. Uh, obviously that one big touchdown. Dalton Schultz, in a world where CeeDee Lamb is a thing, leads all Cowboy receivers, or pass catchers rather, uh, six catches, 87 yards for Dalton Schultz. Um, better days, obviously, as they say, are ahead for the Cowboys, um, but you know they'd like to put this one uh, in the, in the rear view. Yeah, no doubt. But hey, give them credit for finding a way to win a game because they they have lost that kind of game in the past. Yeah. Oh, they certainly have. Um, which yeah. yeah, shout out to them to, to find a way to win. Uh, all right, forty five and a half the over under. Uh, obviously, they covered that with their fifty point performance between the two. Uh, all right, let's move on to the AFC West. Another ten and three team. The Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> you want to talk about finding a way to win one? Uh, this was this was it. As they almost, and I say almost in a way that uh, I don't know that they probably could have lost, but there were parts of this game where it kind of felt like it might have been slipping away from the Chiefs, uh, beating the the Broncos thirty four to twenty eight. The Broncos were nine and a half, nine some places twelve and a half point underdogs on this. Uh, but, uh, you know, obviously they covered, or did they know? Yeah, yeah, they covered um, that large spread. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it just felt like a lot closer than it should have been, right? 
Yeah, no, this was a weird game. Uh, Kansas City goes up 27 nothing, uh right off the bat, and then all of a sudden we got a ball game nail-biter midway through the third quarter where it's 27-21, and Russell Wilson actually probably played his best game of uh, his Denver Bronco career so far. The Chiefs, the Chiefs lack consistency as well so far. I mean, they're not playing their best football right now either. Looking at what they are, I mean, kind of a reflection of that is they're four and nine so far against the spread uh, for a team that's ten and three. That's not very good. And we've seen the Chiefs over the years kind of mess around in these kind of games where Mahomes throws three interceptions, just being plainly uh, careless. Yeah, and he almost did it again. Just gave the ball or gave the the whole game away. Three fifty two, three touchdowns on twenty eight completions. I mean, that's fantastic. But he throws three interceptions. Uh, but the leading receiver in this game was Jarek McKinnon. Uh, obviously, had that big fifty six yard uh, catch. Two touchdowns on the day on seven catches, one hundred twelve yards. I mean, again, it's not Kelsey, right? It's not Juju. It's not anybody that should be it's their their second running back uh, and their first running back Pacheco gets 70 yards on 13 carries which you know it's a Kansas City chief running back number but Pacheco's been doing a lot better lately and and this this game he couldn't get going the way we've seen him before yeah no uh just lack of consistency from Kansas City yeah and, and it's probably going to continue through the season my brother texted me too um why am I? It was they were up twenty-seven nothing. He goes, "Why am I still nervous when my team is up twenty-seven to nothing? Tell me, tell me why." And I was like, "Cause we've watched too much football." Sure enough, yeah. About you know twenty minutes later, thirty minutes later, he goes, "This is why." I was like, "Yeah, this is exactly why." It's football. No, it's the NFL. Every game is it's a sixty-minute fight, and we we've seen so many crazy comebacks, especially this year. Yeah. Yeah, and then, again, this is an opportunity where Russell Wilson probably could have done it. 247, three touchdowns, one interception. Um, not bad for him. Jerry Judy, three touchdowns, caught all of, of Russell Wilson's touchdowns. So if you're a Jerry Judy manager in the playoffs, you are probably going through to the next round. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, all right, 44 was the overrunner on this. Uh, crushed that, almost got there alone by the Chiefs. Uh, so obviously the overhit on this one. All right, let's talk about them Carolina Panthers, shall we? I love me some Carolina Panthers because they made it easier for uh, San Francisco to stay in first place in the NFC West, beating the Seattle Seahawks 30-24. to Carolina now 5-8, and Seattle 7-6. and Carolina came in as three-and-a-half-point underdogs. Um, I saw a couple spots where they were six-point underdogs. Never mind, they were four-point underdogs, not six. Um, but they covered the three-and-a-half-point spread. And more importantly, Ryan, just like we talked about earlier, they're in the playoff picture. Yeah, no, they control their own destiny. And this was a big win for my team, too, with the wild card race. So good. This game was good for both of us. The Carolina all of a sudden sneakily has uh, won what now? Uh, three out of four. They've covered in four straight. Kind of changed their identity uh, over the last couple games with Steve Wilkes as the head coach. They're, they're running the ball right down team's throat. Um I, I they're peaking at the right time. I mean, they're playing good football. It's it's going to be interesting. They got the Steelers and Lions at home now. A little momentum coming back to Carolina before the big showdown on New Year's Day against uh, Tampa Tom. Tampa Tom. That, yeah. You lock that one I, in, though. That one's a must-see yeah. must event. I mean, if I ask you right now who's playing better football, Carolina or Tampa, I'm taking Carolina. It's not even close. Yeah. <laughs> That's the sad no, part. I, 
yeah, it's crazy. So it's 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 going to be interesting to see these Panthers coming down the stretch. Uh, definitely, if I had to give out a game ball yesterday, I'll give it out to Carolina going to the 12th man and getting a big win. Yeah, I mean, it's not easy to win in Seattle, and everybody will tell you that. But, you know, the, the dream that was Geno Smith and the Seattle Seahawks are starting to come back down uh, just a little bit there to, to the earth. And, I mean, look, not for nothing, but when you talk about the, the Seahawks, Geno Smith, 21 of 36, 264, three touchdowns. That's great. I mean, Marquise Godwin was, or Goodwin was the uh, leading receiver there, five catches, 95 yards, and a touchdown. But, you know, Tyler Lockett luckily had something. But DK Metcalf, like all of these guys that are supposed to be fantastic for him now down the stretch are starting to fade. Yeah, no, and uh, they miss they miss Kenneth Walker. Um, their defense, though, has been the big issue. I mean, Pete Carroll's defense, they went through a stretch there where they were playing really good defense because they started out a little slow on the defensive side. It was the Geno show in September that was balling out. Um, and then in October, they kind of tightened it up a little bit. But ever since that Germany trip, they have not been a good defensive football team. Yeah, I mean, maybe it was the bad bratwurst, maybe too much beer, yeah. who knows. Yeah. But, yeah, it's not it's not been the same for them. And that's all right. For me, that's fine. I, <laughs> hey, I'll, we'll both take it. it. And, like, it's kind of a common theme right now. Two teams headed in the opposite direction. Seattle seems to have kind of peaked a little bit, and they're kind of on the way down. Compared to Carolina, it seems to be peaking at the right time and maybe bound for an NFC South uh, berth. If they can get by Tampa in a couple weeks. Again, that 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 is the new NFC West. The NFC South is the new NFC West, where all those teams were like seven and nine or whatever, yep. trying to, to fight for the division. That's not happening mm-hmm. anymore. Uh Seattle, losers of three of their last four. Uh the the Panthers winner of three of the last four. So just like you said, two different directions and, and you know, it's up to Carolina now to to figure out what the rest of their identity is. And how how much Sam Darnold factors into this? Yeah, no doubt. I you know a team they didn't play yesterday. A team that's got to be kicking themselves is the New Orleans uh, Saints, giving away that game against the Bucks. They would be right in this division race, and they they have enough talent. They just have been so up and down, and yeah. just weird team, weird quarterback uh, situation with Andy Dalton too. <laughs> I know they probably <laughs> want Taysom Hill all up in that. Yeah. Uh, all right, 44 and a half, the over-under on this one. They beat that by 10 points, so the over is the winner there. Um, all right, I'm going to get to the game that I want to talk about the most, and that is the San Francisco 49ers holding serve at home 35-7 to against Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. San Francisco, no, no surprise. They were the favorites by about three and a half points, depending on where you're at. But the fact that they were only three and a half point favorites, I think, is where the surprise was, given how uh, just well doesn't matter now who's under center for San Francisco. They're just going to win games, and it's because they've got Christian McCaffrey. It's because they've got Debo Samuel. It's because they've got Brandon Ayuk. Now, obviously, Debo Samuel uh, left with a really bad looking injury. I did not see any updates on him. I've been looking. Uh, maybe it's because I didn't look recently, but uh, maybe you have some some insight on Debo Samuel. But the big story is Brock Purdy coming in. He didn't throw for very much. In fact, his over-under was set at 205. He had 180-some-odd yards in the first half. All he needed 
was to throw for 21 more yards in the second half. Didn't do it. <laughs> Finished with 185 yards, but two touchdowns. Yeah, no, uh, it sounds like Debo might be back for the playoffs, so that's good news for you. That's, that's yeah. It, yeah, because uh, he, he gives their offense a whole different element. Um, Tampa's done. I'm gonna say it right now. Tampa Bay's done. They're not. They're not going on a magical run with talent. I know they got Tom Brady. This is not a good football team. Um, just watching them the last couple of weeks. I know they pulled out that miracle Monday night game where they pulled 14 points in the last two minutes to steal from the Saints. For that, they got beat by the Browns. Jacoby Brissett, and now they go out to San Fran and they lose 35 to seven. It wasn't even that close. I mean, they had to turn off the game locally and put on the Seahawks and Panthers because it was such an ass whipping that the Niners were putting on him. So shout out to the Niners. Brock Purdy looked good, solid. He might be the new guy. He might have stumbled into a franchise quarterback that you didn't even see coming. I, as much as I would love for that story to play itself out, I mean, as Mr. Irrelevant would become relevant in San Francisco, yeah. he'll probably be a starting quarterback somewhere if he, if he can put together a good rest of the season. Uh, but I don't know that it's going to be San Francisco. Unfortunately, Trey Lance is still there. Uh, and, and I don't know that they are ready to move on from Trey. I don't think they want him to get Wally pipped. Um, but, look, should he stay on again, should somebody not lure him away uh, from, from the Niners next season uh, and, and something happens with Trey Lance, I don't think we're scared to start Brock Purdy. Obviously, I'm not scared to start Brock Purdy. The reason is this. When you look at the way he was able to diagnose what was happening on the field. There were times where he moved up into the pocket, looked so natural as far as where he, he just knew where to go. Like he, he had picked a spot and, and went there. He wasn't trying to dance around. He wasn't trying to, you know, be cool. He, he just, he knew where he needed to get into the pocket to give himself the best opportunity to throw the ball. He did that and he completed the passes, right? And he was able to, to do just what he needed to do to keep the drive going. And that's really what you need. And then, of course, you hand the ball off to Christian McCaffrey, who continues to rip the ball like nobody's business. 119 yards and a touchdown. Beautiful 38-yarder that he ripped off on 14 carries. You know, it's, it's kind of a recipe for success. And now the 49ers are sitting at 9-4. and four, Clear control of the NFC West. And, mm -hmm. you know, all he's got to do is, is hold serve to the playoffs, I think. Yeah, no, crazy because they've what won six in a row since uh, after right after the trade. He played the first game against Kansas City, but the first time he fully was engaged in the game plan, they've won six in a row, covered five out of six. They're rolling. I mean, they're they're. I know the Eagles have the best record technically, but the Niners, I think, are the best team on paper um, in the NFC. Them in Dallas and then Philly. I think that's definitely the tier one in the NFC. I mean, look, as Niners fans, a lot of us were a little bit worried at three and four, right? We were we were pretty much yeah. worried, or at four and four, we were worried, and and now mm -hmm. we're not. So I'm I'm very excited about this team's pop, uh, prospects going forward, and and just you know deep into the playoffs. Hopefully, we'll we'll see if Brock Purdy ends up taking this team to the Super Bowl, and and for whatever reason winning the Super Bowl, I don't think you can ever hang him with Mister Irrelevant ever again. Never, never. I love the guy at Iowa State. And for you, Rod, uh, you're only one game back in Minnesota for that two seed, which I think would be not, it would be beneficial for the Niners to get the two seed so you would have a home home matchup in what, the wild card round and the divisional round. I, it's so crazy to say that, but here we are. 
Yep, no doubt. <laughs> uh, again, for Tampa, look, there's just no rhythm. Like, there's just absolutely no rhythm. Doesn't seem like uh, Brady's heart is in it anymore. I mean, he gave up the world for this season to get beat by Mr. Irrelevant. At this point, I don't know what you do anymore. And, and yeah. look, I know I'm a guy that just sits here and, and does nothing out there on the football field, but I'm also a, a you know father and, and a husband and somebody who I don't know if I could have given all that up for another season. And, and now to have this go, I don't believe in karma karma, but I believe in karma. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's a sad situation. It's definitely not worked out the way that uh, he thought or wanted it to work out. Because they're, they're done. They're done. Yeah, they are. There's nothing. They're not mathematically eliminated, but yeah, whatever, right? Yeah, they're not going anywhere. Yeah. Careful what you ask for, guys. That That's the lesson. Uh, all right, over-under on this one was 38. They got there at 42, but that was all San Francisco's doing. Thank you very much. Uh, all right, let's move on. To the Sunday night game, entertaining by and large, uh, confusing, frustrating, prop betters pulling their hair out left and right, uh, but the Chargers end up beating the Miami Dolphins 23-17 to in what had to have been, I think, maybe not statistically, but just by the eye test, Justin Herbert's best game of the season. Um, 367 and a touchdown for Herbert, 51 times he put the ball up. Uh, but yeah, I mean, look, this, this was a Miami team that was showing its cracks and now they got exploited. Yeah, yeah no, uh, Justin Herbert's best game and two is worst game Tua two was awful last night, 10 to 28 for one forty. you know, the, this dolphins magic seems to have, uh, kind of run its course a little bit here. I mean, I, we, me and J Mark did the AFC East preview in the, in the preseason, and I pointed at a spot, a scheduling spot later in the year where they got three straight road games where they got to go to San Francisco, L.A., now to Buffalo. They've already played the first two now, and they've gotten beat, and they've they've gotten dominated in both games. I know it ended up being a one-possession score, but L.A. seemed to be up by 10 points the entire way. I don't think they're going to go to Buffalo and win, so you're looking at an 0-3 stretch here where all of a sudden you went from, what, 8-3, and three and, and they were uh, one game back Kansas City for the one seed, to all of a sudden 8-6 and six coming down the stretch, and they got no momentum, and it's just a tale of two seasons for Miami right now. And the frustrating thing for them is that it, it wasn't as if – so we just talked about Tom Brady not looking like he is enjoying things or, or even was in rhythm with any of his receivers. Tua looked the same way. He had no chemistry with anybody. Uh, and and Tyreek Hill, he wasn't hitting him deep, right? I mean, there was a couple no. of throws there where he threw, and Tyreek was looking around wondering where the pass was. There was no Jalen Waddle to speak of, right? We saw Wilson go down early with an injury, and Mostert couldn't get it going. I had both of those guys to go over 49 and a half yards each. Looked good for a hot second. Then Wilson mm-hmm. goes down. Mostert was ripping off runs, but they stopped giving him the ball, obviously because of the game script, but at the same time, I still feel like they shouldn't have gone away from the run with the pass looking as suspect as it was. So, I mean, you know, look, here's the thing. If you are a Chargers better, you are happy uh, that they covered their three-and-a-half point, three-point spread. If you were a Miami better, obviously you didn't get there either. So um, just a frustrating game overall for the Dolphins. I don't know that you can write them off, though, because they still have way too much talent to, to completely say that they're going to go away. 
Yeah, no, they're weird. I got their stuff pulled up. I mean, they started the year three and zero. Then Tua goes down. They lose three in a row. Then they run off five in a row to get to eight and three. But their schedule is extremely soft during that time, with wins over Pittsburgh, Detroit, Chicago, Cleveland, and uh, Houston. Now all of a sudden, the schedule's gotten a little hard. They've lost two in a row. It's two in a row going to become five in a row, and all of a sudden they're a five hundred team. So it's going to be interesting. It's it, this team, this team should be careful. They may miss the playoffs. If the Chargers continue to roll like they are right now, they can continue yeah. to climb the ranks too. So, yeah, I mean. And New England and uh, New York are right on their heels as well. And they play them the last two weeks of the season. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be a mad rush for those last few spots in the playoffs for sure. Um, no doubt. Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler, all these fantastic guys that support Justin Herbert. I mean, Keenan Allen making some clutch catches down the stretch, uh, showing that he's still not necessarily all that done, um, you know. But uh, you know what? We buried the lead, though, because um, there is a an acquisition that uh, I'm thinking of number 13s, uh, an acquisition that the Cowboys just made, um, and, and they just signed. Uh, oh, I'm, I'm blanking on it because I really just honestly saw it. Um, and it, Did it just happened. It just happened. Yeah. Uh, a little bit ago, just before we started to, um, started to record, uh, and, and they just signed, uh, it was uh, number 13. Uh, oh, T.Y. Hilton. There you go. T.Y. Hilton. Good. Jesus I didn't Christ. see that. I missed that. Yeah. No, they just signed T.Y. Hilton. So we're talking about interest number 13s that are, that are there and they passed on OBJ. So that was another 13 that they passed on. Uh, but they signed T.Y. Yeah. Hilton. Speaking of yeah. aged receivers with number 13. it's Hey, that's the Cowboys way of doing it. Uh, it is. So anyways, yeah, that's, uh, talk about that. They've, they've got now T.Y. Hilton do the Cowboys. Uh, but for 13 in the powder blue and, and white and gold, um, I think it's great. Mike Williams caught all six of his targets for 116 yards and a touchdown. But the Chargers, like we said, man, they're, uh, they're finding their way to, to make themselves in that conversation once more. And I think... If Justin Herbert can continue to uh, to find some sort of, I guess, uh, swagger again, the the rest of this this bottom tier of the AFC is in trouble. No, I agree. Herbert was awesome last night. I know we kind of went in a rant about how bad Miami was, but Herbert on the other end, he he looked like Justin Herbert again last night. Sure did. Um, all right. Well, I think that wraps up week fourteen. Obviously, still a game on the slate to play. On Monday night, uh, and we'll watch that intently to see how the wrap or how the week figures out. But let us move now to our week sixteen look aheads. Right, we are on week fifteen coming up. Quick math. Yep, yep week sixteen look aheads again. Where do we find these look aheads? We find them on the Odds Trader website, OddsTrader.com where they'll give you which book to look at and, and what the lines are. But first, let's look at how we did in our last look ahead. Ryan? Yeah, so we actually gave out Seattle uh, plus a three-and-a-half uh, against San Francisco, and they still are three-and-a-half, so we didn't lose any value there. So uh, it, interesting to monitor that line going forward. I know San Francisco is as hot as they get or as hot as they come out there right now, and Seattle seems to be reeling a little bit. So monitor that line. Uh, Saturday, we gave out Minnesota in a pick. They are now minus four against the Indianapolis Colts at home. I know we say the Vikings are a little bit fraudulent, but still, we like four points of value there against the Indianapolis Colts. 
We gave up, uh, we gave out Dallas minus a three in Jacksonville. They're now up to minus five, even with Jacksonville in that impressive win. So if that win hadn't happened, it would have been probably closer to a touchdown, I think. Um, another one we gave out easily, Philly minus three and a half at Chicago. They're now minus eight and a half. So that was an that was an easy one. We gave out Kansas City minus a ten in Houston. Uh, they're now two touchdown favorites, minus fourteen. Uh, skip ahead to Monday night. We had Green Bay in a pick'em against uh, the L.A. struggling Rams. Uh, this was before Baker Mayfield got there. It still is up to seven and a half in Lambeau. So hit the value there. We did miss on one, and that was the Pittsburgh Steelers are now plus or we gave out plus one in Carolina. They are actually a two and a half point dog now in Carolina with uh, the all of a sudden surging Carolina Panthers. I would keep an eye on that one too. That one may yeah. that one may do more moving before it's all said and done uh, coming into next week. So keep an eye on that one. Uh, we don't miss very often, but obviously when we do, uh, we own it. But I still want to keep an eye on that one because that one seems, seems a little suspect to me. Yeah, I think we've missed maybe on three for the entire year. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't happen very so, often. No, it's so. a rare miss. Uh, all right. Well, speaking of rare misses, let's not miss on this one. Uh, where are we going to? Uh, for your first one, I will go to. Oh, uh, I'll keep fading the Bears. Sorry, J. Mark. I'll take uh, the Buffalo Bills minus seven in Chicago. I think it'll be close to ten by the time they play that game. Yeah, that that seems to be it. I mean, we talked about Buffalo being absolutely just here, there, and everywhere. But one thing is consistent: they do love to give them a, a decent sized cushion. So, um, mm -hmm. I'll take that as well. Uh, I want the Jacksonville Jaguars, believe it or not. I've got, I've got them here at plus one and a half, plus two and a half, depending on where you find it. But I like the plus one and a half part of this because they may actually be favorites by the time. Against the Jets. Yeah, against the Jets rolling around next week. Um, we just talked about how the Jets are, are very underwhelming right now uh, and don't have a lot going on and, and, and not necessarily the team that we thought they were going to be going forward. So, But Jacksonville? put together a couple more wins, put together a win next week, they could very well flip this to be favorites, uh, and you could get them at underdog price right now. Yeah, no, I like that one as well. For my next one, I am going to go to... I will go to uh, this one. I, I've seen the Steelers as a dog at home against Vegas. Um, plus one and a half. I'll take Steelers. I think they'll be favored by close to field goal come uh, kickoff in, in a week from now. Yeah, I mean, you know, with the way the Raiders have looked, they, they got a lot. Yeah. I mean, does does uh, Derek Carr need to have another emotional breakdown? Did that last one wear off? It's yeah, it know. only lasts three weeks. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, John did another one, so that way it'll go another three weeks. It, it'll be, you know, that that one will do it. Um, all right, no doubt. I'm going to move this Cincinnati New England game is a pick 'em right now in I some spots. That. Yeah, uh, I don't know that that's going to continue to stay that way. How, I don't know how you could be a pick 'em against New England with Cincinnati being 9-4 and four and actually proving that they could put together a decent run. So I'm taking that Cincinnati pick them because I, I think they're going to be at least three-point favorites, maybe even more, after next week. Yeah, no, I like that one. Um, I, You know, I, I, I touched on it with Carolina for my next one. I like them. They're playing well, but them laying four is too many points against these Detroit Lions who are surging. I'll take the Lions plus four at uh, the Carolina Panthers. I think that'll be close to a pick -em come game time. Yeah, the Lions, man. Again, we're, we're making this uh, this case for the Lions. It's just 
It's crazy. Lions and Jags. Lions and Jags. Well, uh, let me make another point. Uh, we talked about uh, as far as covering the spread, and that's Kansas City. They're coming in as ten and a half point underdog or uh, favorites, rather against underdogs. Jesus Christ, uh, ten and a half point <laughs> favorites against the Seattle Seahawks, but they can't cover. Like that's that's yeah. been the thing with the the uh, Chiefs is that they, they can't cover. So this is probably going to end up moving. So I'm on the Seattle side of this. Uh, if you can grab it at plus eleven, because I don't think it's going to stay there. Or plus ten and a half. I don't think it's going to stay there. Um, and if it moves up, then grab it there too. But yeah, I don't think it's going to stay at at uh, a double digit spread. Yeah, no, I like that angle as well. There's some other good games as well. Philly and Dallas both play. Washington, San Francisco both play too that week. Rod, here we go. So uh, you got some potential playoff previews uh, in week number sixteen. But we got to get through week number fifteen first. We sure do. Um, is that it? Is that all of them are allotted? Yep. Are allotted number? Okay, yeah, perfect. That, that was our six pack. Okay, great. Ooh, I love it. <laughs> so, uh, all right, go over it one more time for everybody. That way we can uh, put a nice little bow on that. I will hold on. I'm pulling it right back up. Um, we were giving out Jacksonville plus two and a half at the Jets. We are giving out Cincinnati minus one in New England. We are giving out Buffalo minus seven in Chicago. We are giving out Detroit plus four in Carolina, giving out Seattle plus 11 in Kansas City. And then finally, but not least, we are giving out Pittsburgh plus two at or at home against Vegas. There it is, folks. Week 15 early lines. I'm sorry, week 16 early lines. Um, Wait, 15, 16? Yeah, 16. Yeah, week 16. Uh, We were there. (laughs) Can't even count anymore. Uh, All right. Anyways, uh, yeah, definitely get it, lock those in. Like I said, we, we very rarely steer you wrong on these ones, so hopefully uh, you've been making a little money off of them. Um, but all right, Ryan, that'll do it for the Monday show. I think we've cleanly gone over everything we need to for everybody and um, just had a great time doing it. So before we leave, why don't you remind everybody where they can find you on social media? Yeah, right there on the screen for the YouTube crowd, uh, Twitter at Moneyline underscore Mac in the Discord as well. Like Rod said, we're already in, what, week 15? So we're coming down the stretch last quarter of the year. So still four weeks to pick out some winners. Yes, sir. And we're going to continue to do it for you. Uh, Follow me on Twitter, at RJ Gomez. Link in the bio to everything I got going on, whether it's here, whether it's Sportsbook Review, whether it's in between media. It's all there for you on Twitter, at RJ Gomez. Make sure you listen to the NFL Gambling Podcast throughout the rest of the week as Ryan will join you once more and all the other star-studded cast in the SGPN world. Uh, We'll break down week 15 for you in the NFL. We'll see you back here again next Monday to break down 15, give you a week 17 look ahead. So until then, good luck, everybody. Have some fun. Watch some football. Enjoy Monday Night Football. And until next time, let it ride!